I thought I was singing next, I guess. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Children, you are dismissed to head down to Children's Chapel. Could you turn me up in the monitors just a little bit, Luke? Thank you very much. Appreciate it. This morning, if you would, please, turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. We'll be reading the whole chapter this morning. I think there's a story to be told, and uh, I'm excited to hear what uh, is going to be said from God's Word this morning as we go through faith through fire. How can we ever forget the story of the courageous, joyous, wonderful Jewish boys that loved God? These stories were told to me in vacation Bible school when I was just a child. I think, you know, when I was reflecting upon, I've never preached about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, it seems like God has just been putting it through my, my mind over the last uh, few weeks. So I wanted to tell a little story about three young men who God used mightily against a wicked king called Nebuchadnezzar. And, uh, you know, it's just one of the most profound stories for me because... It really talks about faith. It talks about God's protection and, uh, and to think about fire and the pain of fire because I've cut on fire, just exactly um, what it must have been like to go through the fiery furnace like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I love what uh, it says in here, and I think there's three points that I learned as I was sitting reflecting in my office last evening. And uh, they were persecuted because of their standards. They were also persecuted because of their Savior, and they were persecuted because of their stand. And some of you are probably saying, Preacher, we don't even get what you're saying. Are you kidding me? Persecuted for my stand in Christ, for my Savior, for my standards? Are you kidding me? Life's smooth for me. I'm just like riding on a wave. It's that easy. Well, we would all say living a Christian life is difficult. And that, you know what? The enemy's going to come and he's going to tempt you and he's going to make you fall. He's going to stick out his foot so that you trip. And, uh, and he's going to put you through fire like you've never experienced before. I had heard an individual tell me just recently in the last month, when I was out of God's will, things were easier. That's even difficult for me to say. Out of God's will, not serving God? Are you kidding me? God has been so good to me. It is unbelievable. I have seen God do great things in my life that I just, it's, it's so inconceivable to my earthly, fleshly mind. But with God, all things are possible. And with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had to have that faith. We lose our faith, we falter when the fire of life gets a little bit too warm on us, we want to run. We don't like it, it's, it's a little bit uncomfortable. You know, it's fall time, most of us would say we're sitting around a campfire, and as we're sitting around that campfire, we're like, oh, this is great, it's so warm, and it's just, it's cozy, and it's, but if it gets too hot, what do we all do in our lawn chairs? We back up, don't we? Because it's uncomfortable then. Where it was once warm is now uncomfortable. Here's what we need to get a hold of today. If we're going to live for Jesus in this world, if we're going to be his alone, if we're going to refuse to let this world squeeze us into its mold, then we're going to suffer persecution. 
That is what the Bible teaches us, 2 Timothy 3.12, as well as 1 Peter 4.12. Here's the bottom line, my friends. If you and I are going to live godly, if we're going to live for Jesus, then we're going to be persecuted. There will be furnaces of criticism, furnaces of intimidation, furnaces of hatred, furnaces of temptation, furnaces of trials, like you cannot imagine. That's just the way it is. The furnaces of life, especially the furnaces of persecution, are no fun. However, they are all good for us. Why? Because the furnaces of life exist to help us become more like Jesus. Just as gold and silver are placed in the furnace and are purified through the process, persecution has the potential to remove the dross and the dread and uh, the dullness from our lives. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were three young men who faced one of the most difficult decisions you could ever imagine. Disobey God and live. Or obey God and die. Exactly. Could you go, I mean, just think for a minute. Knowing today would be your last service. Somebody said, are you going to go to church and obey God and live? Are you going to disobey Him, stay home, and die? We'd all be in here like sandwiched. There would be room enough to stand. I want to live a godly life. Let me give you, right before we get into Daniel chapter 3, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background on Nebuchadnezzar. In 1605, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, attacked and conquered Judah, which is found in chapter 1. Following his victory, Nebuchadnezzar ordered that the best and brightest young men of Judah be deported to Babylon. His plan was to train these young men for three years and then give them some positions in the royal court. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were among this group. Listen closely. The three years of training in Babylon was really an attempt to brainwash the Jewish captives. Nebuchadnezzar wanted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the others to become so indoctrinated in Babylonian culture that at the end of their training they would think and act like Babylonians. Even the names of the young men were changed from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's. Original names were Hananiah. Hananiah actually means in the Jewish Hebrew name that God is gracious. Michelle, which is my shale, if that's how you want to say it, not like Michelle, um, God is without equal. And then Azariah, the Lord is my helper. You'll notice that in chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, where it calls them by their Hebrew name. Their Jewish names honored the Lord, but their new names honored the gods of the Babylonians, like um, the son of the, the false god. And it actually depicts what their, their um, new names were, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Isn't it amazing? Until I started reading Daniel, i got to tell you, I didn't even realize that they had the Hebrew name and that it was changed to the Babylonian name. Come on, be honest with me. How many of you knew that or did not know that? Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing because it's right in Scripture. And I thought, isn't that amazing? But you know what's exciting? i got to tell you this. Satan can destroy our spirit. And this is what I got from, from the whole name change. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Hi, my name is Todd. But once I become born again, my name's still Todd. Here's what I noticed. I, I really believe that, you know, as we live our life in Christ, 
that our outward man may perish, but the inward man stays renewed and it's fresh. Anybody can hurt your character. They can tear you down. They can beat you up. They can do whatever they want. They can take your limbs off, but they can't take away your salvation. Hallelujah. They can't take away the character of Christ. That's what excites me. Because throughout life, I have been persecuted for serving the Lord since I was a young man. Since I was a teenager. Shunned. Rejected. Left alone. You know, you think in 7th and 8th grade you finally arrived and then you realize you're a freshman again and you're at the bottom of the totem pole. Hated high school. Youth, why are you all spread out? You all confusing me this morning. And uh, you guys like high school? That's sweet. Because you're sweet. And, uh, but most of us would say we don't, right? Most of us would say it's difficult. But you have to be a light. And even in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's life, they might have been marred just a little because they had a choice to be made. And they made that choice. But it's exciting, even though they might be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it never hurt their character. You know, just because King Nebuchadnezzar says, now your three names are going to be this, and I'm going to go ahead and train you, and this is what's going to happen, and you're going to live and worship, and you're going to live your life after me. They're looking at him going, yeah, right. I'm not going to do it. You can, you can change my name, but you can't change who my God is. And he's living. He's alive. And it's exciting. I want you to read with me as we go to Daniel chapter 3. As we notice that in this story and in their life, how they stayed faithful and they stayed consistent. I want you to put yourself in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's position. We're tempted every day of our life with the trials and, and temptations and discouragement. But you know what's exciting? God will never fail us. He's always there to uplift us. Verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Now, that's actually 90 feet tall. That's amazing. How tall do you think this church is? Who's a construction guy in here? Help me out here. 34, 30, 25, okay. Three times the size of this building. Isn't that amazing? So that people could see it. Because he wanted people to bow down to this. Now verse 2. The Nebuchadnezzar, the king sent to gather together the princes and governors and the captains and the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province to come to the dedication of the image which, which Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. I could actually, you know what, I could probably preach a message on verse 2. Because Satan, this is what he does. He doesn't go to little old guy down at the bottom to attack him. No, he's going to go straight to the top. Because if he can get everybody else at the top convinced, and they're going to bow down and worship this idol, what's going to happen? Then everybody below will follow. So what's King Nebuchadnezzar do? He goes and gets everybody, his whole entourage, and says, this is what you're going to do. You're going to bow down. You're going to worship. And he starts with the princes and the kings and governors and people that have, you know, that are of men of influence and women of influence. 
in the Bible. Verse 3. Sorry. Verse 4. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whosoever falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore at the time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at the time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews, they spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, To the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto you, thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now that's standing alone. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was want to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Isn't that amazing? No regard for anybody. Does Satan ever have regard for anyone? No. So he'll use people. So here they are getting thrown into that fiery furnace. And even the men that threw them in lost their lives. 
Verse 23, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Wait a minute. Uh, I think I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. What that's actually saying is some believe it was the pre-incarnate Christ. Others believe, and in scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, sons of God represents angels. And so, I mean, there has been a controversy that it could have been the pre-incarnate Christ as well as angels. So, um, however, God still was present and protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 26, the Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire, and the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire that passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill. We've gone from spittle to dung. Unbelievable. I love the King James Version, and I like when they talk about words like this. Do you know what dung is? It's poo-poo. I just thought I'd tell you. I don't want to, you know, I mean, wow. Verse 30, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. The Babylonians could change their names, but they couldn't change their hearts. They would remain loyal to the God of Israel no matter what. Fear is a way of changing our outward, but not our inward man. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for this message. Father, I pray that you'll help me preach it with clarity. Father, I pray that you'll help me get the points that you want set across. Help us all to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Thank you for every I that's been dotted, every T that's been crossed. Thank you that you spoke your holy word into a book that we can learn to live a most abundant and obedient life. Father, teach us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. The Bible also says in his word in Timothy, 2 Timothy verse one, chapter 1, verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Here's what happened. They built an altar. They built an idol that was 90 feet high and 90 feet wide and set it up on the plain there in Babylon. Then they proclaimed, listen, when you hear the music, when you hear the sound, I want every person to bow their knee and to bow their head and to worship this idol. And if you don't, you will fall. 
into a blazing furnace. Daniel chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. The music sounded and everyone bowed low except for three men who stood tall. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you know, um, for my mom and my aunts and the family that's here, I tried so hard because I was going to sing a little jingle this morning from Bill Gaither's little kid song. Um, and it's not anywhere on the computer. We said something like, into the fiery furnace they were there for cast. Nebuchadnezzar thought they'd never last. But God was there. He'd never let them go. Shadrach, Meshach, and I told you, we all grew up with it. I just couldn't find it. I almost called mom up and said, can we like, uh, I need that little jingle. You got it on a record somewhere? And she does. So, But they stood tall. No matter what, God was there to help them through. And I love it that he says, now listen, when the music plays, you need to fall down and worship that image. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand. See, an idol is that plant. Is this piece of wood. There's no life in this. But there's life through God. There's life through His Son, Jesus Christ. And I love when people say, you know what? Well, let's just see how real your God is. He's real. I mean, He's really real. And the Bible's full of how real He is. I love being a pastor. And being a man of God, I've seen just how real He is. But I also know that I've had to go through some testing in my life to increase my faith so that I trust in His realness. A faith that is tested by fire is a faith that can be trusted. Beloved, think it not strange concerning a fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. 1 Peter 4.12 There was a time when they believed on July 19th in the year 64 AD that Rome burned. The Romans believed that Emperor Nero was responsible. Nero blamed the Christians and this began the Roman persecution of Christians. The fiery trial may refer to the burning of Christians in Rome by him. Many scholars believe that 1 Peter was written either just before or after the burning or Rome, and that Peter wrote from Rome. First Peter chapter 1 says, Now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, that the trial of your faith being, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, may be found in the praise and honor and glory of the appearing of Jesus Christ. A faith that endures the fiery trials of life is a faith that can be trusted. Here's a question for you to think about. Can your faith handle the fire? Think about it. Can your faith handle the fire? Could your faith handle the trial of unanswered prayer? Can your faith handle the trial of personal loss, money, health, maybe someone you love? You don't understand how many times I have a funeral. And this past Monday I had a funeral where people sit and they say, as they're rocking, but preacher, how could this happen to me? Why would God take somebody I love? Because He loves them more. How's that for an answer? But you see, they're going through a trial. 
And we know it's appointed unto man once to die and then the death. And we know that judgment's going to come. But we must realize that our God is real. And that our faith is increased through sometimes the loss and the pain that our loved ones must endure. Could your faith handle the trial of betrayal? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were people just like you and me. They were young men who had hopes and dreams for the future. They wanted to live. They, wanted to, they didn't want to die, but they were faced with a difficult choice. Bow down to the image or be burned alive. What would you do if I were in their place? I might rationalize why it wouldn't be so bad to bow down to the image. And that's something we all do. I think sometimes we say, I want God to be on my timing, not his. And so we don't see that faith. And God says, hold on. We've been teaching in discipleship class about Job. And if you've not made it to 930 discipleship class, I would like to put a little plug in there. Come out and see uh, what it's about. We've been talking about when Satan attacks. He'll get you discouraged. He'll put thoughts in your mind and make you question, go ahead. What's one more drink going to hurt you? Get in the car. Go ahead. Just get in the car. Drive home. I know you can't walk a straight line, but it's okay. You can do it. Go ahead. The drugs won't hurt you. The pornography won't hurt you. It will scar you and scar the reputation of Christ. You have to make a choice. In today's life, maybe we've not been thrown into the fire, but when you hurt the cause of Christ and you hurt your reputation in Christ, that's a big deal. Our faith needs to be increased. We rationalize. I will bow down but not actually worship the idol. I'll just try it out just for a little bit. It's okay. Little dab won't hurt you. I'll worship this one time and then ask God for forgiveness. You know, First John 1 says, If we shall confess our sins, He's faithful, He's just, and He'll forgive us just a little. And then I'll ask for forgiveness. And I'll make sure I'm at church Sunday morning. I'll make sure I'm at that altar. We sometimes make excuses. This is a foreign land. God will excuse me for following the customs of that land. I'm not even from here. I don't normally go to parties, but since I'm at a party and I was invited by my church friend, I'll go ahead and just dabble a little bit, and it's okay. God will understand because it's not my house. No, your house, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and it's the temple of God. My ancestors set up idols in God's temple. This isn't half as bad. How about this? And I hear it all the time. Everybody else is doing it. You all look at me like, come on, I've never heard that before. Come on, preacher, you lost your mind. No, we've all heard it. It's very, very popular. Everybody else is doing it. We all know when we raise our children. Honey, please don't do that. All four of my girls. Everyone else is doing it, Dad. Okay, go ahead and go play with that cobra. It's all right. Go kill yourself. I mean, wow. No, it's our responsibility. Raise up a child in a way he should go when he's old. He won't depart from it. Teach them right from wrong. Hear me, dads? Be an example. Hear me, moms? Be a great role model. Teach them 
right from wrong. Quit saying everybody else is doing it. If I get myself killed and a pagan takes my position, he won't help my people in exile. You've got to be careful. Although all these excuses may sound sensible at first, they're dangerous rationalizations. To fall down and worship the image would violate God's command in Exodus 20. Verse 3 says, You shall have no other gods before me. Preacher, that's Old Testament law. You're right. But it's still in God's word. So don't do it. Be careful what you're falling down to. Be careful what you're becoming subject to. What you're becoming susceptible to. The problem is when we rationalize once, we rationalize twice. And when we rationalize twice, we can rationalize three times. And on and on and on. Before long, we're living a life of compromise. What do we do when our faith is tested by fire? I like what Hebrews 12, 5 through 12, and we won't read it today, says, but for the who, whom the Lord loves, he chastises. Obey God's commands instead of man's expectations. Three points. Believe the truth instead of just the facts, and then believe God. Don't just believe in God. And I'll make this quick this morning. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Nebuchadnezzar had given Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego important positions in his kingdom. He had even given them a second chance to escape the blazing furnace. But pleasing Nebuchadnezzar meant displeasing God. They were determined to obey God and not man. Even when Jesus Christ walked on this earth, Satan came when he was praying in the wilderness and he said, Jesus immediately listened, and as he did, he took him. It says he took him from one spot where he was praying, and he brought him to the pinnacle, to the top, and said, Look, Jesus, you can have all this if you'll just forsake who your God is. Jesus, he didn't think. You know what he said? Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only him shall I serve. And bam, Satan, poof, he was gone. Make that a part of your practice in your life. Say, you know what, today, you know what, I'm going to serve him with all my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that. Go ahead. I kind of pictured it like this. When Nebuchadnezzar said, bow. They said, no. He said, bow. No. I told you to bow or you're going to go in the fire furnace. (laughs) Guess what? He said, in the fire you go. And all three of them got bound up and they got thrown in that fiery furnace. But you know what's great? And it just moves me when I think about this. If the Holy Spirit is real in your life, then the trials of life that come, you'll still stay focused, you'll still have a vision, and God will always be there at the finish line, like I said last week, right? At the finish line to pick you up and to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's all I want to hear when I get to the the gates of heaven. Well done, now, good and faithful servant. Let me tell you something. People have expectations of me. I'm not perfect. I'm forgiven. You heard me say this before. Christians aren't sinless. We just sin less. We must live a life obedient to Him. 
He wants to bless you, and He can bless you if you'll stay faithful to His cause. To believe the truth instead of just facts. Believe the truth instead of just facts. Daniel 3.17 says, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And He will rescue us from your hand, O King. Fact. The king said, bow down. Fact. They disobeyed. The king was angry. The furnace was very hot. The king threatened to throw them into the furnace. Anyone thrown into the furnace would die. They didn't want to die. And here's the truth. God would deliver them. Even if God didn't deliver them, they would go to heaven. The truth is, it is always better to obey God. If they had bowed down, they would have lived with regret. If they had not been delivered by God and died, they would have died with a clear conscience. Believe the truth instead of just the facts. Satan is always there to deceive us and to make us think it's okay. The Bible says sin is but pleasurable for a a season, a moment, a second. And then after that, bam. I can't believe what I did. I'm humiliated. I'm embarrassed. I I can't even believe I let my flesh go that far. They would have lived with regret had they not made a wise choice. Listen, church, don't live with regret because you're not making wise choices about your Christian life. You know what? There are expectations that people have that have been put on you. Wives, husbands, maybe you don't have a loved one that's here this morning. And they're saying to you, go ahead, go to church, you hypocrite. Just remember this. Say, I'd rather be a hypocrite sitting in church than be a hypocrite sitting on a couch. Amen? Because most of us, we have to say this. You know what? We all do the best we can. I'm not perfect. I'm forgiven. Thank God for His grace that He bestows upon me. We all have to realize that we must work very, very, very hard people have expectations of us oh my goodness it's ridiculous i i I gotta tell you me and my wife we we say this to each other all the time we're a little disappointed because here's what we said to each other i stopped being nice to everybody they like us well that was another lie from satan because being nice to everybody they don't like you you got to preach God's Word and live in truth. They still won't like you. So you got to keep going on. Hey, it's painful when I see people leave. It's painful. But I'm not giving up. Listen, Satan, sticks and stones may break my bones and your words say they try to hurt me, but they're not going to. Because that's what he's out to do. He's out to destroy us. First Peter 5.8 is like a roaring lion seeking about whom he may devour Believe God. Don't just believe in God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Believe God. Don't just believe in God. Luke, turn on the fans for me, please. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Daniel 3, verse 18. Here's what's amazing. He said, you know what? Throw us in there. Regardless of what you do with us, if I die... I'm still not worshiping your God. I'm going to be separated. Because, see, faith starts way before the trials even come into your life. 
way before the fire comes in your life. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, The God we serve. The Lord was not just, was not the God they would heard out, heard out or read about or the God their parents served. Their faith was not just a faith of words or thoughts or feelings. It was a, it was a faith of actions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't just believe in God. They believed in Him enough to put their lives up on the line. Our God can save us, and He will save us. But even if He doesn't save us, we will not bow down to your image. We could call their faith a faith of no matter what. Even if we will believe God, no matter what. No matter what takes place, I'm still going to do the right thing. Men, did you enjoy? Courageous. Amen. It was a story about accountability. And if you haven't seen it, make a date night. Get out there and see the movie. Because you know what? It was moving. Probably one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Especially if we want to grow as godly men. To really be accountable and allow our faith to increase. The presence of another. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? Because I think I'm noticing there's about four in there. And Nebuchadnezzar looked into the the fiery furnace. Get that out of there. He couldn't believe his eyes. Instead of writhing a pain, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were unhurt. I love it. It says they were untied. They were free. Instead of three men, there were four. The fourth person in the furnace was Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the angels there to protect him. During the fiery trials of life, God is with us. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was even the hairs on their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels and rescued his servants. They trusted him and defied the king's command were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. I'll never forget, I was 11 years of age. And my mom said, because we lived out in the country, and that was before sanitation was real popular, and uh, we had to separate the cans and then burn the trash. Do you all remember that? Okay. All right, we're country folk. Okay, I guess we're the only ones that burn trash. But uh, anyhow, so we would go out and burn trash and put it in the barrel. And it was probably from here to the rows of cars out there. And my mom says, listen, son, let your big brother go out there and burn the trash. So he goes out there and he burns the trash. And at that moment, something went bam! And this big ball of fire, and I was obedient. I was standing there as I watched it. Right on me. That's not what it sounded like, but it sure felt like it was a bomb. It landed here on me as my neck, my chest. I went like this to grab it. It was plastic. It was a milk jug that exploded and caught me on fire. And I'll never forget the pain that I went through during that time. And I'll remember the nights that I laid in bed awake because my hands were burnt. My neck was burnt. Mom would come in and check on me. And, you know, they put salve. And at that time, Akron Children's Hospital. And I know I'm not that old, but it was in the 70s. And... uh there, you know, they didn't have the burn unit. They didn't care for people like they did. But I remember just even standing there thinking, God, 
you with me as a little boy. God, take away my pain. God, help me during this trial of my life. And praise God, I don't have any scarring or anything like that from the fire. But I'll tell you this, I know what fire feels like. And I don't ever want to touch it ever again. And that's one of those questions that we all have to say. I have to trust in God and say, okay, I was obedient. Father, you told me in Ephesians that I need to obey and honor my father and my mother and I'll live long on this earth. I did that. Why did that thing blow up? Had I been standing by the trash, it wouldn't have gotten on me, but it would. It was God's plan. So he wanted me as a little boy to sit there and reflect upon this trial in my life, even as a child. Folks, we go through trials and we want to forget the trials. But God wants you to become refined. He wants you to become better, not bitter. He wants you to to grow and say, you know what? Remember that time I was with you? You just didn't notice me. I knew he was with me the nights that I laid there and looked out my window for I didn't sleep because it was miserable. Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is it profited a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. A faith that is tested by fire is a faith that can and will be trusted. Are you willing to obey God no matter what? Are you going to take up his cross today? We've got people that are in this sanctuary that have dealt with some adversity. There are people that are not here because when adversity came and when fire came and it got a little bit too hot, they backed up from the fire. You see, God doesn't do little, small, minute things. When King Nebuchadnezzar said, increase that seven times on the heat of that fiery furnace, God stood back and said, I don't care if you do it a hundred times. Those three young men are my children. And it doesn't matter because they live their life by faith. Wouldn't it be great if God would say in your life, those three young people, those three adults, those three women, those three men will never give up. Because they're my children. They have faith. They go ahead. Throw them into a fiery furnace. They'll endure it. Because you see, they put their faith and their trust in me. God will always give you double for your trouble. And then at the very end, I heard the choir singing. As King Nebuchadnezzar said, I'll make a decree right now. That each and every person shall bow down and worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because he is a God that has life. I want people to say about you that they want to serve the God of who you are. And you know where you're at. They need, And in the midst of all of it, that they can see that God is alive And he's real in your life. What a wonderful example of faith in these three young men. Committed to serving God no matter the consequence. Believing that God can bring deliverance. Willing to accept death if he doesn't. 
demonstrating that faith in the face of fire can lead to greater things. Then let's not overlook as we close perhaps the most important outcome of this incident. Glory to God. The praise that was rendered by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. So our faith and works should be to the praise of God. What a lesson to be, be learned there. They could have bowed down. They knew that he could have chopped off their head or did whatever. But they had faith enough to believe. It amazes me. What would I do? What kind of faith do we have? Is it like a spare tire used only in the case of an emergency? Is our faith like a wheelbarrow? Easily upset and must be pushed. Maybe our faith is like a bus. Ridden only when it goes our way. May our faith be like that of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, committed to serving the Lord and demonstrating faith in the face of fire. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning and we're thankful for your word and, and all the truths and principles that we can learn from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Father, this morning I just pray that as we continue to move forward in our walk, that Father, we can look through the, the Faith Hall of Fame and realize that God is always alive and He'll never leave us nor forsake us, that He's always there to encourage us and to help us through our walk and, and through the fires of life. But God, I know what you expect from me, and that's 100% obedience to you. Father, you said, either I'm hot or cold, because if I'm lukewarm, you'll spew me, spew me out of your mouth. Father, I don't want to be looked upon as vomit, but Father, I want to be looked upon as a man who loves this Lord and will not waver, but continue to serve him. Father, just this past week, I read of a letter where a man said, what kind of preacher is he? With a thousand question marks behind it. Father, I want to be the kind of preacher that wants to do right, that wants to serve you, that wants to make a difference. Father, let people see that you get the praise and glory for everything. Let people see that I can put my trust and confidence in you. And I know, Father, that you'll give me double for my trouble. Just as you did in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Father, bless your people. Help us to confess our sins, to turn from our wickedness, to seek your face. Father, I will serve thee because I love thee. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand. We're going to sing a little hymn that I love, that I really think kind of fit Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And this altar call is open to you this morning. If you will just come, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, today's the day of salvation. Maybe there's some things in your life you need and must get right with God. Would you do that out of obedience to Him this morning? I will serve thee because I love thee. You have given life to me.
nothing before you found me. And I was nothing before you found me. You have given life to What's God doing in your life? Is He working in your life? Let go and let God this morning. Luke, I want you to play this through one more time. Now that you become familiar with it, it's those that are still praying. Heartache, broken pieces, ruined lives are why you died on Calvary. Are you free this morning? If you're not free, you need to become free. You need to let God do a work. Make this your life song. It's a test of your faith and your character. Died on Cal- 
heartaches. Heartaches, broken pieces, ruined lives, why you died on Calvary, continue to be in prayer this morning as those are still at the altar praying as the music continues to play. Father, I'm thankful that, Lord, I know what the refiner's fire is like. Father, and I think everyone standing in this room knows what conflict brings, Father. But, Father, would you just help us to become more like you and less like us? Father, help us to be more holy. Father, and I just pray that our faith will be increased that the faith of this church will be increased. Father, I pray that your anointing will continue to flow, that your Holy Spirit will be real, and that, Father, that in the lives of people, that we'll make the right choices, so that, Father, your unmerited favor can be honest and upon us. Father, thank you that this morning we can honor you and we can praise you. And then, Father, we pray for Brother Cliff. Be with him this morning. Father, let him know that you're with him and comfort him in this difficult time. Thank you, Father. Thank you for who you are and whose we are. We are yours. Amen. Amen. If the ushers will please come forward.
No way, no how, we're not going to bow. Amen. I think that should be, we'll say it like this. I'll say, no way, no how, and you guys say, amen. Maybe that'll be our new thing instead of God is good all the time. No, God is good all the time. I'm so glad that you are here today. Thank you for worshiping with us. Let's all stand as we dismiss today. And uh, thank you so much for making New Hope your place of worship. Um, and I love seeing all of you participate and be a part of our Awana program. Um, it's just been a huge blessing. And what a wonderful outreach ministry. Reaching 100 people for the cause of Christ is wonderful for a midweek service. Um, please be in prayer for Doris. She had a tooth that was extracted. Is that correct? And um, so she's in some pain this morning. It has to be a lot for Doris not to be here. So uh, please be in prayer for her. And I know Casey's sick as well. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he give you peace this week as we go our separate ways. I feel very honored and blessed to have my Uncle Ted, who's been a pillar and an example of a godly man in my life over the years. And, uh, and I love him. And so I'd like to ask if you'll please dismiss us in prayer. Thank you.